Hey lovelies, welcome to my podcast, Love, Hope, and Fluffy Stuff. Hopefully by now you know that this podcast is a safe haven for all my fellow fatties and just anyone to come, a place where you can unwind and be your authentic self. Um, This space promotes kindness, respect, and love, and we... I try to show compassion, empathy. Uh, I am by no means perfect. None of us are. We are all flawed, but I have the same rights as you to love mine. So last week, um, if you tuned in or if you listened to my podcast, I was talking about being Black and certain principles, ideals, behaviors that are passed down generation to generation. And so that just got me thinking about a lot of different things. And I think there may be a few more episodes that stem from that umbrella, that topic. And this week um, is one of those. Uh, I want to talk about unlearning behaviors, right? So imagine inviting your forever family and it not being everything you imagined it to be. I'm talking to people who were raised in foster care or um, they were adopted, you know, that sort of situation to where you are not uh, born into a family that you spend your whole life with, you know. I grew up in foster care. Um, My mom passed away a few months after I was born. um, And from then on, I just was in the system. And because of that, being moved from home to home and not being able to put down roots um, and belong anywhere, I grew up wanting love and to be loved, craving acceptance. If foster care prepared me for anything, it's definitely rejection. Man, I'd gotten so used to it that I associated rejection as a me thing, that I was unlovable. And as a child, that's detrimental to your mental health, feeling like something about your person isn't accepting, isn't lovable. Eventually, instead of constantly dealing with that soul-wrenching feeling, I just put barriers up around my heart. Um, I wanted to push people away before they could do it to me. Because as a child, I just, I couldn't deal with that anymore. I had been set aside so many times and I just emotionally 
I was unstable. By the time I met my parents, I was all walls. I had the perfect poker face. I had mastered the art of manipulation. I had mastered how to get myself kicked out of every home. I knew how to put the parents against each other. I knew how to cause the other kids in the foster home, the other foster kids to act up, to befriend their biological kids and make them misbehave. I just knew how to work the dynamics in a household because I was observant. I would figure out the things that, the small things, you know, oh, he leaves the toilet seat up or she doesn't wash the dishes after cooking. And so I would bring those things up. When I was getting in trouble, oh, did you know such and such happened? Or this person was over and I knew that that person made the spouse uncomfortable, just anything. I was observant so that I could use these things later on when I needed them. So by the time I met my parents, I was 14. And I was a professional home disruptor. I was by no means a walk in the park. Maybe a walk in the woods at nighttime, up a steep hill, headed to a haunted mansion, a haunted mansion but definitely not a leisure stroll type of girl. <laughs> That's for sure. I went to stay with him during the summer. And honestly, I didn't totally hate it. Um, my foster mom, she had to take a trip for a few days. And so in Florida anyway, um, you go on something that's called respite. Basically, you go to a different foster parent's home. You stay there. They get paid to watch you um, while your actual foster parent is living their best life without you. Yeah. So... I went there three days. It was over the summer. They had a family reunion. So I went, I saw, I conquered, you know, um, met the family all in one fell swoop. And I was like, okay, well, I mean, this wasn't awful. So when I get back to my foster parent, her home, she tells me she's no longer fostering. So I asked my caseworker, um, hey, can you set it up so I can go live with the people I stayed with for those three days? Well, they agreed. And I was happy to just not have to go to another group home because I had run out of options and yeah. So at the time, my parents had three kids living there and I adored them. Great kids. What I loved most about them is they were on their way out the door. They were going to go live back with their parents. 
So there was definitely a motive behind me wanting to go there. Um, I probably wouldn't have requested to stay with them otherwise. I was pretty diabolical. So when they left, it was just me, my mom, and my dad. During this time, we got to know each other. Um, I started to learn how to cook. I was letting my walls down and I asked them to adopt me. And they said, yeah, they agreed. I was so happy. I felt like I had finally found my place in the world. I was enjoying my freshman year at Winter Park High School in Florida, taking over the freshman campus with my witty banner and charm. Everyone important knew me, and I was popular in the sense that everyone liked me. I was a good time. All of a sudden, I come home one day to find a foster girl in my domain. They never mentioned it to me, nothing. All of a sudden, we have a teenager sitting on the couch, breathing my air. I was so upset. I was devastated. Just when I was lowering my walls, when I was starting to feel loved and accepted, here's this other person. And I wasn't willing to share them. I've never been good at sharing. They were mine. I've had to fight for every other thing in my life. It was never just me at any home. I always had to fight for everything. And finally, I got something that was just mine? No. So I devised a plan to get rid of her. And it worked. But then another one came and another one came. Every kid I got rid of <laughs> sprouted another one. And they came with extra. I hated having all those kids coming in and out of our home, taking the love that was supposed to be mine away, taking the time that was supposed to be spent on me away. With all these kids living there and their issues, my parents were always too tired or stressed out for me. I became the mediator between these kids and my parents. Mind you, I'm a teenager, but somehow I became the housekeeper, <laughs> making sure that chores were done, homework was done, and dinner was done. 
I don't know what it is about black homes that think it is acceptable to have the eldest taking care of the household. That is not our responsibility. I was a child myself. I didn't decide to have these people in our home and they weren't even my siblings. Yet and still, I ran our household. Not because I wanted to, and that's something that she says to me all the time. Why on earth, as a teenager, would I want to? No. I did it because I wanted the praise she issued out when I did a good job. I wanted the acceptance. I wanted the pride and love she showed me when things ran smoothly in the house, how she would brag about me to her friends or the people at church. Oh, Alyssa's such a great kid. Oh, Alyssa, she's an A and B on a row kid. Oh, Alyssa, make sure that this gets done and she always has everything that I need. Oh, I know Alyssa's gonna take care of it. That's what I wanted. Did I really want to be doing those things? No. Being that perfect all the time was exhausting. When things didn't go well and I got yelled at, it broke me. And it made me try twice as hard to have things exactly how she wanted them, to be able to figure out her wants and desires before she would even raise them. I served my mother like a handmaiden. I knew how many ice cubes to put in her water. I competed with my dad to get her praise. I would undermine him. If I got in trouble, and it was because of him, I would be like, well, dad did this. When someone else failed to do something right for her, I was already there with a solution. But I was miserable all the time because I was a teenager being forced to be an adult as well. I still had school my extracurricular activities and church. And I hated almost all of it. On an average day, I would wake up before everyone else in the house and make sure the girls woke up for school. Mind you, at any given, any given time, we had between two and four other girls living in the house. So after I've woken everyone up and made sure everyone is getting ready for school while my parents were still in bed sleep, I would go wake up my dad to have him come out and fix our breakfast because all of the stuff would have to be locked up due to those same kids stealing. I would catch the bus to school, come back home, 
get snack ready for everyone, do my homework, make sure everyone else's was done, sometimes, most times, helping them with theirs. I would fix the dinner majority of the time, made sure chores were done, and then bedtime. And that was a good day. Factor in behavior issues, kids running away, kids fighting, sneaking out, making sure people took their medication, all while my parents hid in their room or stepped out. Oh, we're just going to go here and be gone for hours. When I talk to her about these things now, as an adult, she makes excuses or tries to justify her actions. I know we can't change the past. I get that. But an apology goes a long way. Accepting your role goes a long way. She tells me that she was stressed, depressed, and overwhelmed. So was I. I was the child. You chose to take all those kids. And you say, well, you felt like God told you to. And you felt like it's your calling. But you weren't doing the things. And it just... It messed me up, man. I take these issues into my life. After so many years, I I left, right? Obviously. <laughs> I just peaced out because I couldn't take the control anymore. And I stayed with my best friend. She let me come stay with her for, for several months. And I took that energy to her home. I was over there cleaning her house, running her home to the point of where she was asking me where shit was in her home. I was serving her and her boys because I felt like I had to pay her back for staying there. Well, I felt like I had to pay her back for being a good friend for the love, if that makes sense. But living with her and me and her talking, you know, and just strengthening our friendship during those months, she made me realize that I wasn't paying my way as in currency and me paying her for living there. I was paying her for her love. Yeah. And the thing is, is that you can't pay back love. And no one should make you feel that you need to. Love is unmeasurable. It should be freely given without a cost, 
without demands, without rep, what's the word? Recip not reciprocation, because we want it to be reciprocated, but <laughs> without a receipt. Um, my friend helped me realize that. Also, she just got tired of my shit and me disrupting how she ran her home. The way that I was behaving, doing all these things, waiting on her boys hand and foot was causing her very respectful boys to become spoiled, to not be grateful. They were becoming entitled. Things that they were supposed to be thinking <laughs> that they were supposed to be waited on like kings. And that wasn't the mentality that she was instilling in them. They were self-efficient. And I came there and handicapped them. And that's what was going on in my family. Because when I was there serving them, they didn't have to do anything because I did everything. But when I was gone, they had no choice. But the thing is, is without that person being there carrying the load, that system falls apart. And honestly, just being everything to everyone, it wears you out eventually. But I didn't know how not to be that way. There, there's nothing wrong with being the clean friend. I still go over to her house basically all the time because we live 10 minutes away from each other. And I want to go on a cleaning spree and she accepts that about me. But now I don't do it to receive praise, acceptance, or love from her. And I want to get to a place where I can recognize healthy love, where I am not craving being accepted so much that I take whatever gets dished out, no matter how toxic it is to me. I love my parents, despite all of the turmoil. They took a chance on an angry teenager that wanted to make the world burn. They loved her the best they could and taught her about Jesus. That's me. Despite all the hurt, anger, and sadness that I feel sometimes, thinking about those years in my life, there was joy too. There were good memories. Ones that allow me to continue to love them. I probably would have been another black statistic if not for them taking me in, providing for me, providing me with a home um, and even supporting me through college. I just wish they would see that a lot of the things that took place in our home weren't healthy practices to accept their wrongdoing. That way we can begin to heal and move forward and not have that same type of relationship. Because if we can't, then I I just 
have to love them from a distance. I hope that this episode helps someone heal. I hope you realize that acceptance starts from the inside. You can't seek validation from others because for one, they will take advantage of you. And for two, they didn't create you, so they can't validate your existence. And your desire to be loved will more than likely be manipulated. Learning to love yourself will help you know what is real and what is not. We all hold a value in our lives. We all have a purpose. And if we don't unlearn these negative behaviors, we will never be able to fulfill them.